Hello, friend. Welcome to the Whole Word Podcast. This is Pastor Pitts Evans. On this podcast, we read and discuss one chapter of God's Word per episode. Let's go now to the Bible and see what the Lord has for us today. 2 Corinthians chapter 6. As God's co-workers, we urge you not to receive God's grace in vain. For he says, In the time of my favor I heard you, and in the day of salvation I helped you. I tell you, now is the time of God's favor, and now is the day of salvation. We put no stumbling block in anyone's path, so that our ministry will not be discredited. Rather, as servants of God, we commend ourselves in every way, in great endurance, in troubles, in hardships, and distresses, in beatings, imprisonments, and riots, in hard work, sleepless nights, and hunger, in purity, understanding, patience, and kindness, in the Holy Spirit, and in sincere love, in truthful speech, and in the power of God, with weapons of righteousness in the right hand and in the left, through glory and dishonor, bad report and good report, genuine and yet regarded as impostors, known yet regarded as unknown, dying and yet we live on, beaten and yet not killed, sorrowful yet always rejoicing, poor yet making many rich, having nothing and yet possessing everything. We have spoken freely to you, Corinthians, and opened wide our hearts to you. We are not withholding our affection from you, but you are withholding yours from us. As a fair exchange, I speak as to my children, open wide your hearts also. Do not be yoked together with unbelievers, for what do righteousness and wickedness have in common? Or what fellowship can light have with darkness? What harmony is there between Christ and Belial? Or what does a believer have in common with an unbeliever? What agreement is there between the temple of God and idols? For we are the temple of the living God, as God has said, I will live with them and walk among them, and I will be their God, and they will be my people. Therefore, come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. Touch no unclean thing, and I will receive you. And... I will be a father to you, and you will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. Paul begins by referring to himself as God's co-worker. And speaking to the Corinthian church, he says, uh, We urge you not to receive God's grace in vain, for he says, In the time of my favor I heard you, and in the day of salvation I helped you. I tell you now, now is the time of God's favor. Now is the day of salvation. And so by extension to each of you listening today, I am also God's co-worker along with Paul. And these things that I'm speaking to you day after day, I'm asking the Lord to show favor on you, and He has, by allowing you to hear the Word of God and understand the Word of God. And along with Paul, I say, now is the time of God's favor. Now is the day of salvation. Don't put off doing today what you should do waiting for another day. This may be the only time you have to get right with God or to put something in order. And Paul says, verse 4, Rather, as servants of God, 
we commend ourselves in every way. And so Paul is about to give an autobiographical sketch of what his life has been like as a a servant of God and, as he said previously, as God's co-worker. And it wasn't really glamorous if you listen to the words of Paul carefully. So he said, in great endurance, in troubles, hardship, and distress, that's the way he starts out, great endurance, troubles, hardships, and distresses. Now, that doesn't sound very glamorous. Paul was not some pampered television preacher with a Learjet and um, uh, a driver with a Rolls Royce. No, he goes on. He suffered beatings, imprisonments. He endured riots. He had to continue in hard work, not just the work of preaching the gospel, but you may recall that Paul provided for his own uh, livelihood by working and preaching the gospel. He says he endured sleepless nights and hunger. Now imagine once again, some of the people that pass for great luminaries in the Christian world, and I'm not taking anything away from anybody. Some of them are genuine followers of Christ and and so forth. But it's not about living in a way that um, the world approves of or the world strives for. Paul said that his life of service to Christ involved many sleepless nights and hunger. It involved purity, and then he gives some aspects of the Holy Spirit working through him understanding, patience, and kindness in the Holy Spirit, and in sincere love. And all of these things are attributes of the Holy Spirit and of God Himself, understanding, patience, kindness, purity, and sincere love. And each of us should be yielded to the Spirit of grace toward those things. Paul continues in verse 7, He was dealing in truthful speech and in the power of God. And so we should do both. We should speak the truth in love, and we should be seeing the power of God to change lives. Paul speaks of weapons of righteousness in the right hand and in the left, through glory and dishonor. Now, these are contrast. At times, it was glorious for Paul. I'm sure that there were certain places where he was very well received. The believers were genuinely honored to have him there. And then there were other places where he was dishonored, glory and dishonor. He took them both in stride. And so among those who reviled him and condemned him and persecuted him, he was dishonored. He goes on to say he had bad reports and good reports. And uh, sadly, I can say the same of myself. I've had people give a, a bad report about me and good reports about me as well. Paul said he was genuine, yet regarded as an imposter, known yet regarded as unknown, dying, and yet we live on. And so this dying, this dying to self, he's speaking of it, and living on, beaten, and yet not killed. And of course, I've never been physically beaten, but Paul was. Paul was repeatedly beaten over and over again and left for dead, and yet he was not killed. Paul said he was sorrowful, yet always rejoicing. And the sorrow, I'm sure, came from the rejection of the people he loved so much and desired so much for them to be more Christ-like and to receive things from God that they rejected as they rejected the messenger, Paul. Paul said he was poor, yet making many rich. He had nothing and yet possessed everything. And therein is the crux of the matter. The things of this world have no hold on us, friends, because nothing in this world amounts to anything in the light of eternity. But if we have Christ and if Christ has us, 
If we have the hope of glory, the forgiveness of our sins, the resurrection of the the spirit and the resurrection of the body, we possess everything. Even though in this, if in this life we don't have much to show for it, we possess everything if we're living our lives in the light of eternity with Christ at the center of our being. And then Paul gives a little instruction to the Corinthians, and I, I want you to listen carefully, because he says we're not to be joined with unbelievers. Let me just read it in the words of Paul, verse 14. Do not be yoked together with unbelievers, for what do righteousness and wickedness have in common? Or what fellowship can light have with darkness? What harmony is there between Christ and Belial? Or what does a believer have in common with an unbeliever? So I want to just stop right there. Paul is saying we don't team up with unbelievers. We don't get involved in mismatched alliances. Now, he's previously said he's not telling Christians to avoid all contact with unbelievers, but he's talking about very close alliances or partnerships. An example would be um, perhaps a business partnership or a marriage, of course, would be a mismatched alliance if you were uh, matching together a believer and an unbeliever. Or even among close friends. You have lots of acquaintances, but you have few close friends. And so the the Bible says evil companions corrupt good morals. And Paul is saying we shouldn't continue to team up with unbelievers and mismatched alliances because light and darkness have no business together. Believers have nothing in common with unbelievers. We love them, of course, but as far as close and intimate associations, we don't do it. Now, I've had the opportunity to counsel many people in terms of pending marriages and so forth. I always say unequivocally, a Christian should not marry an unchristian. The reason being, if you're marrying an unchristian, the only relationship you can have with that person is a temporal, fading relationship on this side of the grave. And it opens up the, the saved individual to a great deal of hardship because all through the marriage, they're longing for their spouse to have a deeper relationship with God because God is the most important thing in the believer's life. And a relationship with the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit is at the top of their pecking order in terms of what's important, what's critical. For an unbeliever, those things are irrelevant. So one partner's case, the most important things in their lives, they can't share with the person that they love the most and they have the most intimate human relationship with. Friends, it's tragic. I've seen it time and time again. So if you're considering marriage and if you're a believer and the person you're considering marrying is an unbeliever, you wait till they make a commitment to Christ. Don't marry thinking that maybe things will work out well, because I'm telling you as a pastor, I've counseled couples that have had this angst and anxiety for sometimes as long as 50 years and more in marriages. It never goes away. It's a constant ache. To a lesser degree, business partnerships should not involve um, believers and unbelievers because we're living by two different sets of ethics. We're living by two different sets of principles. And so I just want to pray for you today over these things. First, um, what Paul said of himself, Lord, um, in this life, we may seem to have nothing, and yet we possess all things in Jesus Christ. And Lord, we would have people speak well of us. Lord, it's good to live comfortably and all those things, but we're not living for the praise of men, and we're not living for the comforts of this life. Help us to live for the reality found only in Jesus Christ. 
May our joy, may our satisfaction, may our reality be Jesus. Lord, help us to live in the light of eternity in a way that makes sense. And Lord, for those that may be considering an alliance with unbelievers, a marriage or a business partnership or any close relationship, Lord, forgive them. Help them not to mingle light with darkness. And any that are in that situation, give them grace, God, to bring the other person into a relationship with Christ. Amen. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Whole Word. It was brought to you by Whole Word Fellowship and the Northern Virginia House of Prayer. If you were encouraged, please share our podcast with your friends. We'd also appreciate it if you'd hit subscribe in your favorite podcast app and take a few moments to write a review. If you'd like more information on our church and our ministry, you can go to wholeword.net or wholewordpodcast.com for more information. Thank you again, and may the Lord Jesus bless you today and always.